Do you need a publicist? What does a publicist actually do? We answer that today, and the answer might surprise you. We're going to dig into publicity on today's episode of Music Therapy. everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is your podcast. As a musician, we talk about the creative process, we offer mental health support, and we talk about creative careers. And today we're going to specifically focus on publicity. If you're a musician, you may have thought about getting a publicist. And even though we all sort of have an idea of what publicists do, right? They, they talk with the press. They help get you in, in the media. It's still a little bit mysterious how that actually works and what you get out of that. I wanted to dig into that a little bit more. And so I reached out to Colin Smith. Colin Smith runs a PR agency called Fresh Paint. He does publicity for musicians and he does artist management. Colin was based in Chicago. He just moved to LA. We talk about that. A lot of people in Chicago moved to LA. A lot of musicians think about moving to LA. So we're going to talk to him about what was behind that choice. And we also talk in great detail about what publicists actually do so that you can understand more if getting a publicist is the right choice for you. Let's turn to my conversation with Colin Smith. Colin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jessica. It's just like listening to your podcast regularly, except uh, I can speak with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you, I, you know what my first question will be. Uh, I do. So, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of what exactly a publicist does, can you share with us a little bit about yourself? What does a typical week look like for you? Yeah, so I will give you an idea of what my week looks like just by maybe zooming in on a day. Uh, I usually wake up, make coffee immediately on waking up. Uh, It's super important for me to get extremely caffeinated before looking at a couple dozen emails, but um, then I open my inbox. uh, What time do you get up? After, it kind of depends. Like yesterday I woke up like extremely early for some reason. And I woke up at like seven and like probably started or maybe like seven 30, something like that. Uh, which is early for me when you get to choose your own hours. Uh, and, uh, I probably worked from like nine to three 30 or four, something like that. So I felt great to have like a full like day ahead of me after uh-huh. work. Uh, that was a little bit of an anomaly. So I'll say that I usually keep my hours between like 10 and five, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found that uh, I like to, and especially because this is a mental health podcast, um, I'll mention that, you know, I like to take my mornings to, uh, on an especially great day where I feel fantastic, I'll read for a bit. Um, usually I'll like listen to a podcast or something like that, get my day started. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually actually, I'm not very hungry in the morning. So I usually, um, wait until after getting some work done where I eat like a late breakfast or early lunch sort of thing. 
Um, and yeah, pretty much, uh, I have, I try to have an idea of like what I want to work on, uh, when I open up my laptop for work. Um, but sometimes and with just how time sensitive things can be, I just try to get something scheduled. Uh, if I got word back from someone, um, so this episode will air after a CSC plays your um, group session at mm-hmm. Cafe Mustache. But, um, you know, for instance, this morning, I heard back from a radio station. And um, like the first thing I did was to make sure I could get the band um, set up for an interview on Friday. So it's kind of a busy week with your mm-hmm. um, show and interview and everything tomorrow. So anyway, that's just one example where I try to get like the most time sensitive sort of things done in the morning. Um, and then as I kind of um, see the road ahead of me, then I usually spend the rest of the morning, afternoon to tackle things that are coming up um, ahead. So not just like the things that like need to be done today or this week, but things like looking at, uh, maybe even like a month out. Um, and then uh, usually in the afternoons, that's usually when I like to take my calls. Um, we are talking in the afternoon right now, which is great. So I have time to eat my late breakfast uh, and to get properly caffeinated and also just to get <laughs> some time sensitive things done. Right. Um, so uh, that is typically what my day looks like. And of course, the all the things that happen differ day by day. But, you know, it's usually like trying to get a hold of like a writer or setting up an interview. Um, and then also while we'll focus on music publicity specifically for this interview, I also do management and like sort of like quote unquote, like consulting work for artists. So like artists who are like pretty much self-managed, but like, you know, they want to hire me to reach out to like a booking agent or a licensing agent, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little bit of that today too. So there's a lot of variety, which is fun. It keeps me focused and engaged. Um, I think if I did only music publicity day in and day out forever, I would get a little bored, I think. So I like having the variety. Um, music publicity is, um, it, it can be very rewarding and fun. Um, but it's also for a relatively short amount of time for an artist's career. Um, so it could be like, I might be working with someone for a couple months, um, versus like, um, you know, I just sent an email for this band called Holly, their soul band. And I've been working with them for like three years now. Um, so it's great to see them evolve and like, they've done a lot of stuff on their own too, but it's been great to be part of that journey. Um, so, um, yeah, that's pretty much what my day actually looks like. And sometimes I'll like go out and meet someone for a coffee or, or whatever, or maybe sometimes a beer, but, um, that's usually what a day looks like for me. So how did you get into you? You know, this is your, you're an entrepreneur. This is your, this is your thing. Fresh paint is your company. How did you, um, what were you doing before you had fresh paint or how did you get into this type of work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'll begin to answer this question by saying uh, for anyone who is freelancing or doing any sort of like uh, work on the side that they hope to grow into a more full-time thing, uh, you got to start somewhere. And uh, it's better to start when you already have um, consistent income, when you're not worried about uh, paying rent at the end of the month, right? Uh, so it's better to like plant those seeds and get going 
while you still have security before fully transitioning to full-time freelance or self-employment. Um, so for me, um, the, I did not see myself doing this like, you know, five, seven years ago. I moved here in like 2015 and mm-hmm. uh, I'd been in bands before. Um, I've been playing music for like most of my life. And then also uh, I studied essentially, there was no journalism program at my college. I went to a really small liberal arts school, but like I studied English and history and like basically took all the writing classes. Um, so I wanted to do media journalism, writing of some kind. Um, I found it personally difficult for me to kind of enter the local journalism scene for me. I'm sure like some other people have had a great time of moving to the city and and doing that, but it was, it was, it was hard for me to like get off the ground after college, um, with that line of work specifically. So what I ended up doing was working in like arts and civic nonprofits and where I first learned how to do PR sort of work was with the um, state affiliate of the NEH, so Illinois Humanities. And I started doing press work where I started reaching out to like the Tribune or, you know, like WTTW or, or the Reader and so on. And um, eventually, because I had a foothold in some freelance music writing, a foothold in this sort of uh, communications work and PR work for nonprofits. And then also with just being in bands, like for my entire adult life, basically, uh, people started to ask me like, hey, what should I do? Like, how should I release like this album, right? Like, mm-hmm. like who do I contact? Like, what, what's like the right way to go about it? So slowly but surely, I just started helping out people. Um, like friends of mine or friends of friends. Um, shout out to Cole De Genova for working with me from the beginning, as well as Kathy from Girl K from letting me figure this out <laughs> with her uh, earlier album release a few years ago. So, um, uh, like having one or two strong album releases a few years ago was was um, a way where people just kept on reaching out to me um, where I was like, oh, I can actually do this. And I was like at a time where I was um, I was taking on a few different contract gigs and uh, one line of work just dried up suddenly. It was like contract stuff for a startup and, you know, their like funding or whatever got cut. And that's also something I had to deal with with the nonprofit world. So it's like, I know people have this idea that the music industry is um, not always stable, and especially now, as we see a lot of headlining artists who are huge cancel their tours because they mm. can't make tours profitable. And yet, ironically, like the music industry has been the most stable uh, s- sort of uh, job I could find over my uh, post-college life because the doing the content sort of stuff for startups dried up and then also doing um, like very precarious uh, month to month or like every so often like I don't know like a six-month contract for a nonprofit or something like that uh, could be really um, could be a, a little tricky to navigate a little uh, a little too much up in the air for me so Anyway, that's a long story, but um, I found myself into this 
line of work by accident by friends asking me what to do. Uh, and then I realized that uh, music PR is a line of work <laughs> and that I could uh, make a living doing it. And oh, then I like doing it. That's great. I'm, I'm curious. I have a theory on why music has been the more stable uh, source of work for you, but why, why do you think that is? I think that Chicago has some of the best music in the world right now. But I think that there is a vacuum because there are not a ton of agencies. Like, of course, there are some labels too. And like these labels will have like their own publicity team kind of like on file for like whenever they release a new album by any of their artists. Right. Um, but at the same time, they're, they're, like outside of like the really big booking agencies like Paradigm or like what's now Wasserman um, and then like Pitch Perfect for PR, there's like nothing in between like doing DIY and like the people yes. who work with like the Lollapalooza headliners. You know right. what I mean? Totally. There's like no in between. So I think for publicists, managers, um, booking agents too, there are a lot of opportunities here because music is really good. It's unparalleled. Uh, I've been consistently blown away by some shows and albums and releases by local artists since I first moved here nearly a decade ago. Um, so there's a lot of good music, but not a ton of industry support. So I think that was a way where it could kind of become a um, a resource for a lot of people starting out, or maybe like they had like a strong album or EP. Like I'll just mention like Pool Holograph a few years ago, they reached out to me. I was honored. I've always loved the band since I first saw them at Coles in like 2017. And I was a fan of their second album too around that time. Um, and it was out there like album release show and everything. Like love all those guys love that band. And then they reached out to me and I was like, oh, like that's actually pretty wild that they didn't have a music publicist before. Cause like through just being in the scene, you know, they got a, a Tribune right up, I think before. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that they're in Vice and a few other places like that before. Um, so like they're doing pretty well, but they didn't have someone like really actively pitching out their music where it was like their job. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like an example of like a band being really accomplished and having a a unique sound, um, a unique vision and aesthetic as well, uh, where, again, they're, they're, um, I think that was just like an opportunity because there wouldn't be a ton of other people who'd be able to work like a work with a band like that. Cause like, especially cause it was like more or less self-release. It was off of one of their band members, like studio slash label where they, you know, printed or pressed uh, a limited run of vinyl things like that, right? So like they weren't on um, like a imprint of sub pop, you know what I mean? Right. So like, I think uh, there are a lot of good bands and I'm gonna keep on saying this, but um, uh, sometimes I'm surprised when an artist reaches out cause I'm like, wow, you are really accomplished and I will totally do my best to represent you and get the word out further. Cause like, I already know that people like you. So like, you're already making a lot of my job really easy too.
before I go into your upcoming move, I wanted to disclose, you know, you and I work together. You have done publicity yes. for music therapy and I have loved our working relationship. You've been great to work with. Me I've too. been very pleased with the results that you have gotten. And I think that what you said makes a lot of sense um, and was kind of in line with how I was thinking about, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of bands out there, people who maybe are at a certain level where some lines of publicity seem just unattainable for where they might be. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, I think, a lot of demand for, like you're saying, this, where people are in their career. Um, Absolutely. Kind of the indie or DIY space, and there's a lot of talent and they want to, yes, there's, there's a lot of room, I think, to help these musicians. Yes. And thank you for saying all those kind words too. I've really enjoyed working with you and you're definitely one of the people who reached out where I was like, Oh man, like, I can't believe like so-and-so reached out. Like it was one of those moments for me, uh, late last year when you first reached out, I was really excited. Uh, and I've been really pleased about a lot of the results too. And, um, I, I would say that yes, because there are a lot of, um, bands, bubbling out of the DIY scene. Um, they're also used, used to doing things DIY. Uh, so like yeah. reaching out to venues, um, re like coordinating their own press in some cases, all that stuff, like maybe sending their music out to a few of their favorite playlisters on Spotify or YouTube, for, for instance. Um, and because they come from a scrappier background, I also think and because like currently Fresh Paint is just me right now and also sometimes my friend Julian who helps out with like the website and logo and graphic design stuff. Uh, but the PR work is just me right now. And so I can be a little bit more flexible, I think, than a lot of other publicists who are at like bigger firms and have like more of a team of people. Um, so I can uh, be a little bit more adaptable with an artist's given timeline. Now, of course, like you mentioned, my upcoming move, like that's an instance where I've kind of like had to like set uh, a complete embargo on new projects and uh, just take the next couple of weeks to wrap some things up that I'm already working on. And then also looking ahead, because that's already close to holiday season, which is like the worst time to release music anyway. <laughs> so just kind of like recalibrating, settling in uh, but then you know usually an artist too can be especially if they're diy like maybe they're working with a small label maybe not mm -hmm. uh, but then usually i can be pretty adaptable and we can find something that works with their timeline and also with like my bandwidth too to make sure that we're at the end of the day still have like a lot of time and energy to put into the release so you have a clear love for Chicago and Chicago music and you're moving to LA. Tell us about your move. <laughs> this that's not meant to that came out kind of accusatory, but tell me, no, tell no, me about your, I liked how you put it. Tell me about this move. You're moving to LA soon. Yeah, so I am moving to LA and uh, I will be there by November 1st. And the reason why I'm moving there primarily is for my girlfriend's job. She just got a promotion um, 
at Uprox. And even though she's a music writer, actually, I should add that our our line, our work, like hardly ever crosses. Uh, so I think that's like important to say. It's not PR work isn't all nepotism, people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we are moving there at the end of the month uh, for her new job, uh, where she will have to be on site. Um, at least like two or three days a week. And so uh, that is the main reason. However, I think the pandemic kind of burned us out on Chicago, to be honest. I have loved it here. I've spent basically my, I've spent basically my entire twenties here and it's been a great place to do what I'm doing. Um, and I don't know if I could have done this without Chicago. I'm like, I don't know if it would have been easy to be self-employed in this line of work if I was already in New York or LA. Um, just again, because like there's so much opportunity here. Um, and I will also say like part of the reason too is we both have family on the West Coast. Uh, mm -hmm. So I have two older brothers, one's in San Diego, very close to LA, of course, and then one in Oregon, but you know, it's still closer to get there from California than it is here. Um, and then uh, my girlfriend's family is like all, like she's from, um, she was born in Northern California and then um, was like raised in the Seattle area. So like her family's all along the West Coast too. Mm -hmm. So that's also a big part. And then finally, again, because this is a mental health podcast, I'll just mention that COVID winters were really rough and yeah. like I never really felt all that susceptible to seasonal affective disorder. But um, like when I first moved here, I'd be like, man, it's October. Like, this is great. I love the fall. And then like, now I have like my uh, sad lamp here on, <laughs> on, like, right next, next to my desk um, on days like this. So uh, I will say as cliche as it is, I part of the reason why I'm looking forward to LA, but not like the main reason is to enjoy a nicer climate year round. Cause uh, with a pandemic, an inevitable winter spike again, um, maybe other viruses um, going spreading around soon. Like I just wanna be outside during this extremely turbulent and stressful time. So I can at least, uh, ease uh some of the mental anguish through vitamin d that totally makes sense how are you feeling about your own career as you transi transition to a new city yeah that's a good question i've been telling everybody this that i still hope and intend to work with a lot of chicago artists bands and projects because uh, i think it's really fun i think it's it's fun to um be actively part of this growing music community and to just get to know some of these songwriters and artists more like I'll for instance I might do PR for like one band that already has legs and they're already doing some cool things but then like they'll have a band member or like a side project or solo project and it's and it's it's been great to not just work with some of these like bigger album releases or or whatever and and just work on like some things that are smaller where we can be a little scrappier and where the expectations are a little bit open too because that way we're like actively building an artist sort of resume um, mm -hmm. up so i still intend to work with a lot of artists here who i've 
been working with on and off or consistently ongoing for at least two, three years in some cases. Um, and I think I'll also like use this as an opportunity to say that um, I think music publicity, not I think, like it is a two-way street. So um, I view a lot of like coming from a communications background, like I view music publicity or really just any job in music as a communications job at some level, because it is a lot of texting, emails, um, a lot of things like that. And being able to be like emotionally intelligent or attuned to like an artist's wants or needs. And then also like, a, like for example, like a writer's um, needs as well. And like able, being able to like communicate or bridge the two. I think is super important. Um, and I'll also say that I'll also like use this kind of question as a way to stress that I think music publicity is, it's like building an artist's um, online resume in a sense in this digital age. So I think it's been really rewarding, but also like I think important to have an ongoing relationship with a given artist. So that's all to say, I still envision myself, you know, six months, a year from now, still working with a lot of the artists I've already been working with. Let's mm -hmm. transition into some of the meat of this conversation, which is what, what is a publicist? So I, you know, I have worked with you now. I've worked with my past album release. The, the label I worked with um, mm -hmm. provided a couple publicists. I've had this experience, and yet I'm still understanding, I think, what it is, how it fits into the bigger picture of being a musician. And so I'm hoping, you know, I've got a list of questions here for myself from some other people that I'm hoping we can just kind of understand a little bit more what it's all about. So first of all, what does PR stand for? It stands for public relations. And I think that gets to you're shaking your head. The yeah, of the I'm like, I'm like, what does that what does that mean? Public relations. <laughs> yeah, it's a fancy word. Like the way I usually put this into writing or over the um, spoken word, uh, like when I'm on a call with somebody, like I'll say that like I do is I get I set up coverage for someone's music or projects. Um, like, you know, obviously like we're working together for your podcast, not your own music. So like, again, you have multiple experiences with this. Um, so like when I talk to somebody, I'll say that I will, like it is my job to get you coverage for your music, for your projects, whatever it is. Um, it, I would say, I would say that I know like public relations is just kind of a nebulous phrase. So I would say what we do is we basically reach out to a ton of people and uh, especially uh, talking to the people we reach out to or talk to regularly to set up coverage for given press artists. Right. For press specifically, and that could come in a number of ways. Like, there are um, there are companies out there that specifically do things like 
college radio promotion, right? But like when you're talking to a publicist, like they might work with some radio stations, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it might not be the sole focus. Like it might not be their specialty, I mean. Um, So what we mostly do is we reach out to a ton of blogs, like local press, I think is super important in general, but also in Chicago, I think there's like a lot of opportunities for local press. Um, And then even sometimes things like this, like a podcast, right? So like, I think in like a traditional sense, it is setting up like a lot of old school, like newspaper interviews and, you know, like maybe a review in, in like your alt weekly. Um, but I think in a modern day sense, it can encompass a lot of different things. I would say that publicists do are not playlisters or playlist services, but sometimes when sharing music, um, anywhere from like NPR music to something like the local people these days with their weekly playlists, uh, sometimes reaching out to press does result in, in playlists, but it's definitely not the focus. Sometimes, not all the time, but every once in a while, an artist will be like, hey, like, can you help me get on playlists? And it's like, it's not really what you're hiring me here for. You know what I mean? So, um, What are I they hiring you to do? They are hiring me to, in most cases, they're hiring me to set up interviews and set up coverage for usually what's an album release or an EP release, or sometimes a smaller project, like someone reaching out to me this past week for music interview or for a music video, sorry, music video into set up a premiere or some sort of like exclusive coverage around that music video um, that they spend like a ton of time on and probably good amount of money too. So something I'm hearing is that if someone's reaching out to you that it's not just, Hey, I'm an artist and I want some press. It's that I have something specific to share. I either have an album, I have a show or an event, something that's what I'm hearing. It's more, more of a thing rather than just, I'd like some publicity and some stories about me. Exactly. I appreciate the question because I think that's a very important distinction. So like for your podcast, Jessica, like it's a little different because there are like so many new episodes and so many um, regular live events at Cafe Mustache where I can regularly share your podcast with people. It's like almost evergreen in a sense. Um, for better and for worse, probably mostly for worse, music press is very um, it's very fast moving. Uh, they only cover music that is super new. Mm-hmm. So even if it's from earlier this summer, I probably can't get that artist um, much coverage. Like I, I might be able mm. to, but mm-hmm. the chances are. And like, I'll also say that because I do think that when bringing up music publicity, I think some artists think it can be kind of scammy. And I will say that there are definitely some bad faith actors there who are more just interested in getting your money than they are in really feeling connected to your music and wanting to do the best job. Like they exist, but I would say like most people that I can think of, like they really do want to do a good job. um, And they really do want to, help an artist that they connect with or whose art that they 
that resonates with them, right? Like they want to feel proud of this too. Um, so I would say that I had a call yesterday where an artist was like, hey, like it's been a while since like we talked, like you sent out um, some of my singles this year. Like, would you be able to do something with the single that I released when we weren't working together in the middle of the summer? And I was like, honestly, probably can't. Like, I would love to, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the chances are great. Uh, but from there, we can have a conversation, right? Where I was like, well, you we have a music video for it. So maybe we can do something with the music video to get a little bit more attention with your new music. Uh, and then I was like, well, you've also released a couple different standalone singles. Like maybe we can do a thing where we add one more to the mix and just call it an EP and compile all the songs together and then get like a bigger, maybe reach a little bit higher with like a bigger release, right? Um, because it's not just like having a thing to plug or promote, which is definitely part of it, but usually things like EPs and full-length albums lend themselves to more coverage versus just like a single, for instance. Okay. Um, that is a good tip. Um, I'm also hearing in what you just said that timing is really important. Can you speak about if an artist is thinking this is something I might want to do, what kind of timing do they want to think about if they're going to release an album or an EP or have a publicist help them promote a show, for example? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say with music publicity, the more time you can give someone, the better. Um, Like, of course, like you reach out like a year out, like a publicist will be like, yeah, that sounds good. And then like, like (laughs) totally forget about it Yeah. (laughs) uh, until like they reach out again, you know, um, Usually I will also add that the vast majority of times, like artists I work with have been super uh, flexible and adaptable and totally willing to be patient. Uh, for for ex- example, there was one artist who reached out to me recently with an EP and um, uh, I'll phrase this by saying like, I usually don't reach out to labels for artists who I only work with on the PR side, but I was just like, hey, I know this label who I think would like your music. Like, let me just get in touch with them real quick and see if we can work with them. Um, like it took like five to 10 minutes of my time. Right. So um, this late, we we've had this like larger conversation with this label since then of releasing not an EP, but a full length and like adding songs to it and like adding um, really just like beefing up the release. And this artist has been really great to work with, really patient, really gracious too, um, really polite, ideal client, right? And, but the thing I really appreciate about him too is that he's been willing to push things back Mm -hmm. just so that everyone, now it's not just me, but it's like two other, two or three other people from the label who are going to promote this record also get it pressed to vinyl too so that's going to be like at least like a seven eight maybe nine month turnaround yeah. right uh-huh. so um we're he's been great to work with because he's been really patient and flexible and so i think that's like a maybe more dramatic example of like pushing things back like almost by a year just to really make the release as as big of a splash as possible and to lock in a lot of pieces, gather gather all 
all this original music, like this great music, and then also talking about like a game plan and what other pieces we need. Um, so I would say, you know, for most artists, if they're like dead set and having like an EP or an album or a single, like reach out in advance, like ideally maybe at least two for some bigger publicists or bigger agencies who probably want to even reach out like at least three months in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like those people can be pretty booked um, far in advance. Um, for me, I'm like, Oh, I'm just one guy. So I can be a little bit more flexible than that, especially if it's just plugging something small like a single in music video. Um, but I would also recommend um, when you start that conversation, either have a plan to get the, assets so things like your um artwork for example right um your press photos things like that like either have a plan going in or like or even already having those on hand um because the sooner you're able to get those assets like the sooner that a publicist can actually run with it right so i'm like talking to another um for another artist i kind of do like a little bit of everything for um we are working with the label for some time next year. But in the meantime, we have to gather like all these assets. We have to get, uh, well, one, he's gonna, going to finalize mixing and mastering the record, most importantly. But then also on top of that, we'll have to get all the visual assets ready in order to even ask the label to, like uh, ask the label about the next single or, or whatever it is, or the lead single from the album, right? So I would say have a lot of the assets and reach out far in advance. Like if you're able to like start thinking about publicists, if that's something that you want to invest in, um, I would say reach out maybe even around the time you wrap up recordings or definitely I think by the time you get that mastered or before, um, I think that'd be a great time to reach out, but basically as, as soon as you're able, able to, you can lock in a plan. And that way the, um, the publicist can also work with your timeline too. So if you're already thinking about getting a release show or maybe even a tour or something like that, like you definitely want to have a lot of these pieces together um, just with how occupied or booked other people working in music, a publicist or anyone else might be at a given time. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's wild to think of, to release an album, how long it can take the whole process from, from writing it to recording it, to getting it pressed, to getting it out in the world. It it can be a long time and it takes. And then touring after it too. And touring (laughs) and, and booking all those shows. It's so much planning. Um, but just to kind of summarize what you said, I think that I'm hearing, you know, if an artist is thinking about hiring a publicist, you want to think about that maybe when you're done mixing or mastering or, you know, maybe at the latest, like three months in advance of when you're hoping to release the album uh, to give some time. And the other thing I heard you say was, uh, did I get something wrong? I couldn't no, tell I was just going to add, yeah. I was nodding. Um, I was just going to add that for something like a single, uh, just a music video, or even an EP in some cases, like you, you can probably roll with a shorter um, like timeline and you'll be able to, you'll probably be able to give someone like me or someone at a, you know, like a fancier agency, I'm just in my home office right now, uh, 
where there are like multiple people and all that good stuff, uh, you probably can do it with less time. But for especially for an album, I just want to stress for like a bigger release where, of course, there'll probably be more expectations behind it, right? Uh, you definitely want to reach out in advance. Yeah. So yeah, better, better. I think it sounds earlier than later. And then the other thing I'm hearing is getting your assets together. When you're saying assets, you're talking about your press photos, your album art, your website, all of your relevant links, uh, bio, those kinds of things. Exactly. And um, in some cases, like for me, I'm willing to um, have a dialogue with with an artist, like where maybe they take the first stab at the bio and then I come in and try to clean some of it up or um, where I'm like, oh, this this isn't like super relevant information. And I'll also just say to you about Chicago artists, a lot of them are super humble. I'm like, no, like you didn't mention like this thing that you did that I think is really cool and impressive. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to add that in there. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes it's me taking a first stab and they're like, all right, this is like, looks good. I'm just going to like add some like, like um, smaller details into it or smaller edits into it. Um, so it can definitely be um, something that can be workshops. Uh, but I would say as far as things like artwork, um, having your masters and audio files ready to share too. Because um, mm -hmm. like sometimes writers ask for that, would they prefer to have audio files rather than like a private SoundCloud link. Uh, mm -hmm. I would also say having a private way to stream your music would be great, not just for the publicist to easily check it out um, without having to download anything and go to like the downloads folder and like seeing like all these like weirdly titled uh, audio files, but also uh, it really makes it easy for the publicist to start sharing that music sooner than later. Um, but that said, some, sometimes people ask for audio files, whether they um, are freelance writer who has a, um, like, I'll just say a Chicago example, where maybe they have a show at Chirp um, or Lumpin, something like that, right? Um, or maybe we'll work with someone like Chirp for a interview that will go live, um, or sorry, I shouldn't say live, uh, that will be produced and then release both on the FM radio waves, but also like on their website and everything. And they're going to have some of your songs um, included that or, or, or working with someone like you, right? Like having some songs to uh, put in, like when you take a break in the podcast episode, and then you have something to transition in and out of things, right? Mm -hmm. So having, I think, audio files, private way to stream music, um, artwork, photos, and at least a rough idea of your bio um, are like the most essential things. And then like from there, I might ask for a few more things, like a quote about your songs, like the songs that you're going to release as singles or about like a music video, like any sort of like interesting uh, information about it. Uh, I'll just give you like a quick example. Um, someone who recently hit me up for um, a music video. Um, this song is wonderful. I love this song. It's called Cruise Control. And uh, the guy starts the song with a sample of Paul Cherry beatboxing, like what he, what Paul was saying should be the beat for the song, right? Uh -huh. But then he kept that in 
off this iPhone recording. And like, I really wanted to highlight that because I thought that was like a really fun thing. And you like, you hear this like faint sort of sound as the song starts. And it's like, oh, because I know the story behind that. I know what that sound is. Yeah. Uh, and just like things like that, where it's like funny or interesting or um, quite frankly, you know, sometimes having a bigger artist who is featured on the track or who mixed or mastered it can help open doors too. And um, there is there is a balance to strike between like wanting to plug an artist who is playing uh, as a touring member of like a really big indie band. Uh, and then also like balancing that with like their own music and with like their own statement to say.
I'm talking with Colin Smith of Fresh Paint. Uh, we're talking all about publicity today, music publicity. And let's let's pivot for a moment. I want to pivot and see if you can help us understand the perspective of the press or the media. Why why do they want stories about musicians? What are they looking for? What's their what are they gaining from or, or what are they hoping to achieve? By featuring right. Them. That is a great question. Um, I think when I come in, it's important for me uh, to point out that a lot of writers, both uh, people on staff and people who are freelancing, um, might have a daily or weekly or monthly uh, column or some sort of outlet for their music writing that needs to be filed away, right? So it's not just something that's like cool or fun for them, but it's also like in some cases, literally their job. They need content. Uh, they need content. So um, uh, using like the reader, the Tribune as a, as a local example, right? Like these are like, you've had Brit Julius on here before. I've worked uh -huh. with her probably a few dozen times now. Shout out Brit. <laughs> Uh, but uh, she has a column in the Tribune um, that used to be, at least pre-COVID, used to be called like on the town. And I was like, they're uh, like, basically, I would see her column like every week, I want to say. And, um, you know, so in some cases, like during the summer, when there are a lot of gigs to promote or to share, um, I work with her a few times. Um, and that's because someone like her has to file away a story like every week, right? Or like, um, or for example, like the reader, uh, we've worked with their music column before, Gossip Wolf, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that is an example where like every single Tuesday, end of Tuesday, like early Wednesday, so hey, we can check out um, the column after this call. Uh, they have to plug uh, at least two or three things mm -hmm. in that column every single week. And so there is, um, there's a demand for it really. And sometimes you'll be surprised like on who will pick up what. Um, and I think both examples of the Tribune and the reader do a really good job of not just promoting or sharing like the new exciting music from an artist that's already like fairly established in Chicago, but also they do a really good job of uh, going through like all their social media, their emails, all that stuff, word of mouth stuff, and just trying to keep an ear to the ground. Um, so I, I think, I think it's really worth highlighting that like my girlfriend who is a music writer, every single week, at least before her new job, which is the reason why we're moving to LA, uh, she has a weekly column that she has to fill. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, and even if they're online only, not in print, unlike the Tribune and the Reader, it is something that has to be done every single Wednesday or whatever, right? So even some like the bigger like music websites, blogs, like they have to churn out content. Like I, I think content can be kind of a dirty word and I try to avoid it. But I think at the end of the day, people have to share music or music news. Um, ideally, it's something that they're actually really interested in. I think in these days, and we can talk about this more if you want, 
um, music press has gotten just trickier and trickier with a lot of smaller publications, especially with the pandemic of the in 2020 um, fold, um, which has been really disheartening to see. But I still work with a lot of passionate music writers who show a lot of thought and into the writing, which has been really, on the other hand, uh, while the media landscape has been really tricky, I've also worked with some really thoughtful writers that have been like really heartwarming um, to see like a really lengthy album review or or feature on an artist. And it's like, I don't know if that artist, and like not tooting my own horn, but like it's the reason why people would hire someone like me, right? Like where they are getting in touch with a bigger blog that will really break down an album and put a lot of thought into it. Um, like that's, I think at the end of the day, like one of the things that we're really hoping for. And so, so even something like an online only publication, I just want to emphasize um, they have to share their weekly column right. or, or whatever too. Yeah. So to summarize, you know, I think that it sounds like people in the press, the media, online, whatever, they need the content. They need they need to share stories. They want to share stories. That's their job. That's also mm-hmm. the expectation for them. And it's actually why they may do their own research. I imagine it's also very helpful to them if they have a trusted publicist who, who serves as sort of a liaison or a bridge to the artist's that we we respect your trust or your your taste or we trust you know who you're bringing to us that helps them to get mm. content for uh what what word should i use content what word do you like i think uh, i i really like how you put it put that as a bridge um because another thing i wanted to mention when thinking out uh, thinking about a publicist is like having the right fit for so like not just like I would recommend not just reaching out in advance, but also just asking like who your friends work with. Um, or if you see like an album release that you thought got great coverage and like, of course not like, like Wilco or whatever, but like a local artist that's smaller. Right. Um, and like, you're like, wow, like this person got like a lot of great coverage. Like I wonder how they did that. Um, like ask them, um, get recommendations. Like I'm not even saying like work with me specifically because sometimes there are artists uh, farther out in like a genre like country or Americana where like I can work with an artist like Burr Oak who has a foot in like folk music right but there's also like that indie appeal that has made it really easy for me to share her music over the past couple of years right so um, you want to think about fit because sometimes like I sometimes I have to recommend other publicists for a certain artist or project because um, maybe because of time, but also because of the right fit. So definitely ask around, think about um, having the right fit because I think one other thing about music publicity is that we do have, or really just working in music. So like your label, for instance, Jessica, like they, they have a curatorial sort of, role to play right with their roster um mm-hmm. same with the booking agency same thing with the with a publicist where um whether we are conscious of it or not um we do play a curatorial sort of role where like a 
a music writer, for instance, might have a general idea of what sort of music I assign to them, even if the genres might be different, like there might be something underlying there where they can like kind of expect like, Mm -hmm. okay, even if this is more like soul oriented and this is more indie, like there's like this kind of like dreamy sort of like undertone from this album. Right. So, um, writing about music is, is, uh, or describing music can be tricky, but I, I think I've been told from, um, people working in music media that, there's like a certain vibe that they can expect from the music I share with them. So I think that's really important to know too. Gotcha. How, how do you, as a publicist, if someone is reaching out to you and, and I've got this, this question was asked several times by people on Instagram and on mm-hmm. Reddit, um, which is how do you decide that you want to work with a client? Is it just, this is, you know, what are you looking for exactly? That's a great question. I'm um, I'm glad that popped up a few times for you. Uh, I think one, the music has to be good, and of course, music is subjective. But again, that curatorial sort of angle I mentioned, right? Like it has to be music that I could see myself sharing. And sometimes, again, the genre might be really different, artist to artist. But like, there's something there where I can see myself. Um, not just listening to it and enjoying it. Number one, that's like the most important thing. And then two, also sharing it with a lot of the same people, not always the same people, but also seeing a positive response from them and interest. Cause like, I don't want to work with an artist who I don't think will get coverage. Like I would, no one will be happy in that instance. I would feel um, like I couldn't be proud of that work. And then also the artists will be bummed because they've invested money into this campaign that hasn't gotten that the results that they wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do look for good communication skills. Again, I think working in music is, um, is a communications job, especially for music publicists and music writers, especially. Right. So I think having, being able to sense that like a, an artist is good with communication. Um, obviously in a lot of cases, they are balancing other work, other jobs, um, but if I could see, if I see an artist who reach, reaches out in advance and I'm like, oh, well, if you're trying to release, release this around the holidays, well, like one, I don't know if I'll be taking like a lot of time off then. Two, I think it's really, I have found it to be like empirically a very bad time to release music if you're hoping to get a ton of coverage because like everyone's offline then or they're super busy already or they're traveling or all the above, right? Uh, so seeing like an artist the other day, uh, he was like, oh, okay, I can release this um, early next year instead. And like seeing that flexibility and that communication, even if it like the response isn't like within minutes or an hour, even within a day, I can just like see that they're like actively thinking about this and like mm-hmm. are communicating uh, with me and being able to work with me already, even before we have like a formal conversation on a phone call or something like that right so I think that's really important too so the music has to be good I have to see myself being able to share it with people Mm -hmm. um and then also the communication has to be there too what about somebody asked about like do you look at the social media and see their follower counts or their play oh I do not (laughs) I do not sometimes um for me personally um I just want to hear the music and hear any like stories about it so like for instance that band with a new music video I mentioned earlier in this in this interview 
uh, like I think this was their first single. So like they had virtually, you know, no streams or no followers. I shouldn't say none because like they have gotten a few people to share their music um, on their own. Um, but I just want to like, if I can see myself re-listening to this song or this album several times in a row uh, where like, I get, I almost get sick of it by the, like by the next day. Like that's how I know that it's something I want to share. Okay. How do you manage your client's expectations with regards to results? Yes. So that's a very important question. So I think you can, or I've been able to suss it out a little bit at the beginning just by being upfront. So this one artist I mentioned, I got an email from him maybe like a month ago at first. And then we've had this um, exchange since then from like a few weeks ago. Uh, where this artist has been flexible to push something back to early next year, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, this project involves uh, an EP and a short film to that will be released um, in tandem with the full EP release, right? Um, and he's asking about film-specific websites and blogs and publications like that. So I was just upfront. I was like. I am completely willing to learn, but I have not contacted these people before. Mm -hmm. So if you're patient with me, with sending me recommendations, uh, I will absolutely include them in the mix. I think that would be fun and interesting for me. I think that would shake things up for me. Um, And of course, like those are like all the right places we should definitely add into the mix for your project. That's like a little bit different. And then um, he, he mentioned something like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I hit you up for primarily because like you work with musicians, like I can totally work with that, you know, like I'll compile lists and do some examples. I'll try to get some contact info for any I can find. And so like that, that was like a really easy way to like talk about like, Hey, I don't know what to expect from this, but I can try. And as long as you're cool with like your expectations, we can see where this goes. Um, I think if an artist is anticipating too much, um, I I might want to refrain on working with that artist just because one, trying to like look for the right word here, but one artist you can be, if if an artist is going to be like, more higher maintenance and less like drain me like it's just gonna make the work less fun and Mm -hmm. it's also an opportunity cost because I'm working with that artist at the expense of working on another project right so like I do want to work with people who are basically really easy to work with like I think there's a spectrum from my years of doing this where there's like on the one hand it's like one end is um, very type B and like, I'm like, Hey, we got this Q and a and they like, they don't get back to me about it. I'm like, I sent you an invoice and like, I feel bad that you're paying me to do this work. Cause like we haven't actually gotten your replies mm-hmm. to this interview or, or whatever, you know? And then on the other hand, on the other experiences, it's like someone 
who is bombarding me with texts or phone calls or emails and being like, Hey, like, what about this? What about this? Or like asking me to do things that I don't do, like mentioning like, Hey, and I've only had this like happen like a few times. It has happened more than once. So I'll, I'll say it like um, someone like being like, Hey, like how come I'm not on like a bunch of playlists or, or whatever. I'm like, Hey, like, that's not what I do. Um, and like needing to really have like frank conversations about like what I do, what I can do for them, what I think I can do for them. Um, and just creating a game plan together. I think that's really important. But if someone is like a little too inflexible with their timeline, if it doesn't work for me, like I'll let them know, like, I can't really do anything. Like if I move in a couple of weeks and like your EP or album comes out, then like I really can't do that much if you're, if you're not willing to move things around. Yeah. All this said, I would say the vast majority of people, like seriously, like over 95% of people who I've worked with or like will be working with shortly, like have been great. Like they've been great about expectations. Um, and I can have pretty like frank sort of, discussions with like what I think I can do with their music versus like their expectations. All that said, I will aim high, but hardly anyone ever really expects a pitchfork review, for example. So everyone tends to be pretty level-headed. Okay. You had mentioned something a couple of times in the forum that you filled out prior to our conversation. And one of them is in, in this vein, uh, was about setting boundaries and, you know, being careful that you are not fulfilling the role of the therapist uh, to your clients. And that actually surprised me because it, it sounds like there's some people who are really opening to you or leaning on you in a way that I, I more than I would expect. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's because the, the songs or the record could be really emotionally vulnerable and you just want to be careful where um because like you again are managing expectations but at the same time uh you're there for a specific job and um to quote skylar white's lawyer divorce lawyer in breaking bad is like <laughs> i'm twice as expensive half as qualified as a therapist um, <laughs> and i'm not licensed either so uh-huh. well, i don't um, i still don't understand like what are they what is it that you're getting from people that feel like it's crossing the line from, will you help me get a review? Yeah. Right. That's a fair question. Like uh, I just had a few examples over the past couple of years, especially during 2020. And of course that was a uniquely stressful time for everyone. Like no one had like the best year of their life. Right. So um, sometimes people would offload on me, like their, their feelings about even having a music career then Mm. Um, like I'll use the example of 2020 because I think it's pretty relatable for really everyone Mm -hmm. listening where like they had to reevaluate like is this thing is this thing worth pursuing like can I even pursue it and like some cases it's like coming from the other end of like I don't know if I want to have a quote-unquote like music career but I do really find music to be really important in my life and I still want to pursue it Mm -hmm. at some level even if it's just for me um so in some cases when bands like want to be like quote-unquote successful whatever that means to them sometimes it means like the pitchfork review or the month-long tour or, or whatever or like a fancy label being behind it um 
I think during 2020, especially artists would talk to me about their difficulties with pursuing music that year. And I think there's a place for that in conversation, but it's just, again, you, you want to have, or at least I want to have boundaries to be like, all right, like we can talk about our work together and like where I fit within this, but like, I do want to be careful where I'm not someone you regularly talk to for emotional support. That's what the podcast is for. Yes. And Jessica is way more like you're way more into the podcast. This is an existential podcast. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, I think (laughs) totally, I totally understand. Um, You know, this is kind of like the big question. This is the big question and I'm trying to think of how to put it, but what is, what does the publicity do, you know, for an artist? I feel like some people may get disappointed. You know, I had this article and it, it was a really great day or week or whatever. And this stuff came out and it was exciting, but I'm not really seeing bumps in my plays or my followers or, mm-hmm. you know, that we're talking about expectations, but what, what, what is the purpose of all of this for a musician? I will say in general, I would say it's for the artist to feel good about the release that there are at least some people checking it out and that there's some things to be proud of at the end of the release, whether that's like a single or EP or album or anything else. Right. Um, I think it, for the specifics, of course, it will vary. So for some artists, they might be newer and they're like, well, I've been really having a hard time booking shows, but I think as I release more music and like, again, it's like that resume aspect to publicity, right? By having a few nice write-ups, they might find it easier to get a foot in the door elsewhere. Um, I think in a more rare, a, a rarer example of this would be like working with a band like Pool Holograph who was already on their third album release when they began working with me and getting like Riot Fest and then eventually pitched a Pitchfork review did, I think, from what I know, I think that helped get them a booking agent. Um, if I can be honest, I think the timing of that was was interesting because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I saw that they signed on with somebody like pretty soon after. I mean, maybe this person just discovered the album, just really liked it. But I think um, having a lot of press helps on multiple angles. So for instance, it could help with future tours um, and uh, just getting an in with more local venues they're like oh we saw you in the reader or like oh because you are written about in the tribune like this kind of you know helps open a door like helps to assure us because like they have a job too and i think that's like the larger thing that can be uncomfortable um when talking about music and like the music industry because it is an industry and there are people at the end of the day who are working at venues or at publicity firms or at labels who are doing this as their job. So like, even if they're super passionate about the art, um, as soon as it enters the public, right, the public as like part of the public relations phrase, um, it becomes subject to commercial realities, right? So uh, you could have a million streams on Spotify, but it's still be really hard to work with a local venue if you haven't had much of a local poll yet, right? And like, I say this with firsthand experience, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so, I think at the end of the day, ideally, uh, you are coming in with specific intentions when you reach out to a publicist of like, this is 
where I want to be after this release, or like this is what I'm looking for. And it, you don't have to sp mention specific outlets, but just uh, like I want this to help me get um, in touch with more venues, or like I found it really hard to play locally, and I want this to help me out with that. Or maybe they have been playing a ton locally, but they want to get to that next level of even being able to tour um, for like a week across the Midwest, something like that. Um, and in some cases they just want to have, um, want things to look good enough where they can actually maybe work with the label for the first time or work with a booking agent for the first time. So it really depends on, on their needs and like where they're at and, um, how much coverage that they've gotten before working with me too, to some extent. Um, but, I try to get a sense of like what the artist needs before we start working together and like what they're expecting out of it or like what they want out of it before working together. And so like, ideally, like everything goes well. Uh, I've, especially lately, I can say that I've been proud of like a ton of things um, with artists and other music people I've worked with um, or just general like Chicago artistic people, whether it's, with you, Jessica, on the, the podcast, or like solely with um, Cosmic Country mm -hmm. Cookout, or and of course, it's like your regular EP album releases too, things like that. But ideally, like our expectations are aligned. So, I guess that's the short answer. Yes. So, okay, let me, you know, you can I actually mention one more thing. Go for it. Um, as far as playlists, so I, I have stressed a few times now that I don't work directly all that directly with playlisters however uh, i have seen firsthand and talking to people who have specialized in getting people streams and playlists and things like that um, although it's a very murky line of work i don't under understand it fully but i know from firsthand um, experience that getting good consistent coverage for like let's say an album can help you get on Spotify playlists. It's not causation, but um, the way some of the algorithmic playlists work, if I have this correct, is that they'll use something either specifically like Pipe Machine or something like that to like essentially scrub the yeah. blogs and websites and publications to see what's coming up. And I had an artist, um, Sunny Falls, who uh, wasn't working with a big distributor label at the time, a few years ago. And, but we did work with like pretty much every other big music website out there. Flood Magazine, American Songwriter, um, some other people um, shared his music too, like Secretly Canadian on their like social media and, and playlists and things like that. And then I saw him as we started working together, as we started to get on some really good results, then I saw him get on the Fresh Finds Spotify playlist, which I believe is all algorithmically run these days. That's so interesting. It helps with the algorithm, honestly. Okay. So let me, let me uh, if I may, let me sum up what you said. I, somewhat my brother, a few years ago when I had my album release, I felt some disappointment, even though I had gotten some really great press because it it was really exciting and it was really fun, but then it wasn't necessarily resulting in like the listens that I wanted and all of that. And I think that a lot of, uh, I guess I'll speak for myself, but I think a lot of people might think, okay, I'm getting press. That means people who read the reader are going to see it and they're going to go check out my album. And maybe that happens, but I think what you are saying is that press will 
has the effect of essentially legitimizing you as an artist. It creates a public presence that's been acknowledged. It allows, if you were to create your second album and then people Google your name and you've got a reader review or you've got all this stuff, like this resume, use the word resume built up, they're mm-hmm. going to take you more seriously. They're going to say, oh, this person has been active. They've been doing things. It makes their job easier to build on that. And what I'm hearing is that that is a big role that publicity plays for an artist is sort of building you up in the eyes of the industry, not maybe quite as much the goal of just getting getting you ready for consumption. Uh, that could happen, but like you said, it moves quickly. That was a really good way to put it, Jessica. I wish I said that when he asked me what public relations meant. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad because it sounds like that's, I wanted to make sure I got that right, but that's yes, what I'm hearing. I would say that's a really good way to put it. Um, I would say not, um, I would say there is an industry bent to it, um, but um, also just, again, like your public uh, facing persona online um, in a sense of like, uh venues or talent buyers could search your name or go to your website or whatever and see like all these nice press quotes or maybe it's a video session or an interview um something like this right that could be helpful for someone um yeah definitely like working within the music industry in, in some way uh but also more generally um just building up your presence to because at the end of the day music artists uh no matter how flexible their expectations are they they do want to continue to grow and they want to get more listeners and more fans and they want to feel good about it um and i think music publicity is a way to do that i think in an ideal situation you're not just locking in good press but you're also working with a some cases a label or at least with a decent distributor to help get your music out there. And ideally, um, although obviously the pandemic is still here, um, playing live shows and doing like even a DIY tour can be helpful too. It's just showing people both in the industry and outside of it that you are releasing music, that you're doing things, that you're getting out there. find that quote, the old ways are still the best ways, end quote, with regards to promotional tactics, uh, such as making personal connections and real life communication, pounding the pavement, or is everything focused on digital slash social media? I really like the question and I appreciate how it's written. I think ideally you're doing a bit of both. Um, So use the example of Jungle Green, um, who I've worked with before, and like all like a lot of their various like projects too. Um, when they released an album a few years ago, they put out flyers like on every pole in Logan Square and like the north side. And that in and of itself got a lot of people, a lot of people to talk about it online too. And yeah. also it got them like a, like a pretty lengthy in-depth feature in the reader because it caught 
um, the staff writer, Lior, um, they got his attention by putting up all these like DIY posts, like fun, like little um, like illustrations. I forget what it was because this was a couple of years ago by now, uh, putting it all over the city, at least like the north, northwest side. Which right? band was this again? So I think Jungle Green. Okay. Oh, Jungle Green. Sure. Uh huh. <laughs> so I think that's an example where uh, that was fun. And it got people's attention, but also they did release, you know, music online and talk about it. So like you had both and. So I think ideally you're doing a bit of both. Um, I personally use social media less and less as time has gone on. Um, and I understand if an artist isn't like all about social media, um, I think uh, this is something I've talked about with Savannah Baroque before. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, there's, like, you know, you still, if you have, like, a new single coming out, like, you still find a way to promote it, even if you have to mute all your Instagram notifications because mm-hmm. you don't want to look at your social media apps all day. Um, or, you know, you could have another bandmate do it for you. Sure. I think in some cases that's a good way to go about it if you don't love social media. But in an ideal world, in an ideal situation, you're doing a bit of both. So I think having um, support behind you or like a team, even if it's just one publicist, um, they can ideally hit up the usual contacts and also some new contacts for you where you're getting that direct, more direct communication with a local staff writer at your local paper or alt weekly um as well as like you know the bigger online blogs like uh stereo gum or brooklyn vegan or whatever um but then also like promoting it on social media because also like if you do that and i think if you tag like all the people involved you just have more people sharing it and if you include your publicist in that too like they have writers and outlets following them so it just makes it easier for people in the industry and in music media specifically to see that you have something new out that you have a new album or or whatever it is okay i have a specific thought and i was going to bring this up about tagging your publicist on social media because you brought that up (laughs) as something that you recommend people do it's important for you to get referrals it's it's nice to do that because you're doing so much work but i will say and i'm guilty of this too i think i believe that artists kind of like to keep it a secret that they're working with a publicist. That's a really good way to put it. I think that they, you know, you you get press and it feels really exciting. It's like, wow, you're doing great and all that stuff. And I think that there's a feeling for people that it doesn't feel as organic. And of course it's t- kind of not totally if you're working yeah. with the publicist. So I think that people aren't always going to tag the publicist right away. I see what you're saying and I I'm not saying it's right. Think, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I know you're pointing it out. <laughs> I do think that that has been a thing I've noticed too, where like artists are like a little coy about it, at least online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you said, uh, there are like a few uh, both nice things about doing it and also some tangible benefits. So the um altruistic part of it is like you're just helping someone out you're getting Mm -hmm. you might help them get more work um which i think is important and then also 
uh, you are you make it easy for them to reshare it so that they can get more people um, who might have already gotten your email about it, but you know, it might be a staff writer or music writer somewhere that's like, oh, this is really cool. You know, so it helps. Mm -hmm. It also helps those chances because like I'm doing what I'm doing by sending out hundreds of emails and everything like that. But sometimes like, let's be real, sometimes we're just checking Twitter instead of um, being locked in and replying to you an email or, or whatever it is, right? So I think it helps there too, that like if you're tagging someone, like if you're already tagging everyone that worked on the music video and like the, whoever did like the press photos or design, like they should all get credit, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. But I think if you're doing that, you should also mention like if you got this thing in under the radar or flood or whatever it is with an interview in the Tribune, like you should shout out your publicist because it's nice. And like, also it makes it really easy for them to share so that they can hopefully get even more people to check it out. My name is Jessica Risker and I work with the publicist and his name is Colin Smith and his, his PR company is Fresh Paint and I'm proud of it. You've done amazing work. You have definitely gotten the word out for uh, the podcast I very much appreciate it. I very much recommend anybody work with you who's looking for some publicity help. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jessica. I really appreciate having this conversation. And um, thank you for help editing, me, uh, editing my long-windedness into very succinct takeaways. I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was a pleasure. Um, I learned a lot today. So thank you very much. Thank you, and I will see you very soon. All right, I want to thank Colin for his time today. I hope Colin had a great move to L.A. I hope you guys got something out of that. I know it was full of information. Uh, visit musictherapypodcast.com for show notes, uh, past episodes, and upcoming events. We'll be planning some events for 2023, taking a break for the rest of the year for events. Music Therapy is hosted by Jessica Risker, produced by Sullivan Davis of Local Universe, and engineered by Joshua Wins in Chicago. Peace and love until we see you again. <laughs>